feeling like you've lost this fight and fear is screaming out your name when you say god help me you wonder if he's even listening truth is i've wondered the very same thing so you don't have to feel the shame let me walk with you through this valley and tell you all that i've learned to be true don't lose heart don't you dare let go temporary are gonna turn to glory beyond compare so don't lose heart don't you dare let go Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Yeah, failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Ooh. 
Hey, good morning. Welcome to uh, Community Christian Fellowship. Glad you're here. If you're new with us, uh, we welcome you and would love to give you a gift. Uh, we have out on the uh, area and the entryway on a shelf uh, some bags there with some goodies inside, and uh, we encourage you to pick one up if you're new. And uh, also, there's a card in there. We'd ask you to fill that out and let us know about you and just uh, leave it there on the counter. We'll, we'll get that. A um, few announcements this morning. Uh, first of all, I am not uh, Seth Johns, our youth pastor, in case you wondered. Um, we're a little bit different in age, but uh, I'm Glenn Osborne, the, the lead pastor here. But Seth's uh, family is all sick, uh, so they, he's not able to be here today, so be praying for them. The, um, this week has some exciting things coming along. Uh, the ladies' Bible study begins uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, 9 to 11 in the multi-purpose room, and Heather Book is leading that on throne room confidence, and uh, it's $5 for the study book. You can pay that at the first meeting. That's this Tuesday at 9. On Friday night this week, the ladies, uh, this is ladies week, okay, ladies are having a uh, game night, and that's right here in the multi-purpose room at 6 p.m. Friday night, the 9th, and uh, just come along, join in the front, fun, bring a game, a snack along, no RSVP needed. But if you want uh, details, just see Brenda Leibengut or Sammy McCullough. And then uh, also you saw in the newsletter, if you get that, by the way, if you don't get our weekly newsletter by email, let us know at the office. We'll make sure your email is included so you can get that each week, okay? But uh, there was uh, information in there this week about a special uh, Christian Wellness uh, Mental Health Matters Conference being sponsored by InHim. InHim uh, is a great ministry that we... Uh, cooperate with. Uh, their director spoke here one time. And uh, that's, uh, that's going to be on Saturday, February 17th from 8.30 to 12.30 at Daybreak Church, uh, which is over in Mechanicsburg. And uh, the event is free. It, it's going to have some great seminars, great, great things there to be helpful. And I encourage you to consider going. Just go to the Daybreak Church's website. You can sign up and get more information. 
Our youth spaghetti dinner is coming along on February 24th and uh, 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, you've seen already, and many of you have brought in donations to help with that. You can go on the uh, website or on that link that you got in the newsletter and find out what needs to be contributed. Uh, but we encourage you to come. Uh, bring everybody you can, and uh, we'll have plenty of spaghetti. Uh, it is a free event, but we do ask that you would consider making a donation that will go toward youth ministry, and so uh, help us in that way. Thank you so much. Also, um, on uh, March the 7th, uh, as we get into next month, uh, the Capital Area Pregnancy uh, Ministry, which we support and are involved in, uh, has their annual banquet. Uh, that's a Thursday evening. And uh, the church is sponsoring a table, as well as I know many individuals from here also sponsor tables. If you are interested in going and sitting at one of our tables, okay, and, and haven't made connections with somebody that way and would like to be there, just contact the church office. We'll work it out with you and, and make sure you have a place. So there's no cost, uh, but giving to the ministry is going to be definitely encouraged in that evening. So uh, I hope you'll consider attending. Well, let's uh, stand together and, and open our time with uh, prayer this morning. Uh, this, is a, this is the day the Lord has made, right? And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, uh, for this day. Well, what a beautiful morning, and, and we just are so thankful for your mercies that are fresh to us each morning, and that you are so good and so faithful. May we be very mindful of who you are and giving you the praise you are so worthy of as we gather here this morning. Guide and bless in our time here as we, uh, we sing unto you and as we, uh, we study your word. And, and Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know all the, the things that we bring with us today. Certainly each of us have things that we've dealt with this week or are coming before us. Uh, but you are aware. And, and so, Lord, we bring our burdens to you. We, we, we cast them upon you as you have told us to do. And, and Lord, we thank you that you do promise to give us uh, your peace that passes understanding. So, so we, Lord, we come with that, that faith and that hope in you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, good morning, everyone. We're going to start out a little bit fast, um, and I am so excited to sing about um, his love and his grace. And so go ahead and join us this morning.
morning. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead, and I will rise when He calls my.
God, this is our prayer this morning. We would just be looking to you, God. We'd all acknowledge our need for you. God, whatever we're dealing with in our lives, our ups and our downs, we would just continually be reaching out to you, allowing you to work in our lives. We just continue to meet our needs. Thank you for all the blessings that you give to us. God, we just pray now as we spend time looking in your word, God, that you would just speak to us this morning. Glenn, give us the words we need to hear this morning. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, before the boys and girls are dismissed, uh, I want to mention that uh, Harry had mentioned there's some need for some more volunteers to help with kids' ministry. And so uh, make sure you contact her. Maybe the Lord's speaking to your heart about that. She's back there. She'll wave. She'll talk to you. She'll be nice to you. And uh, hope you'll check in with her. All right, kids, you're dismissed. Have a great time. Well, this is uh, the second week in our Second Peter series, and uh, we are. I'm looking. I'm just enjoying going through this already myself. I hope it's encouraging to you, and uh, that you will be walk with the Lord in your knowledge of Him, living in the true knowledge of God. And so today we're going to be in 2 Peter 1, uh, verses 5 to 15. Uh, do you take supplements? I do. I take a bunch every day. Matter of fact, I brought my bottles with me this morning. I didn't get to it earlier, so I thought I'd just take them right in front of you and kind of show you how you do it, right? Take a supplement, you open it up, right? You take the one pill out, all right, all that. And there's a whole bunch of them here, you know. Sometimes you get them out and say, people may say, oh, you must be really in bad shape taking all that stuff, right, you know. Well, you know, I'm in good shape because I take all that stuff. But, you know, you know um, I take several. I mean, I don't know what you take, fish oil, you know, vitamin D, you know, a, a kind of a daily vitamin that's supposed to help my eyes from not getting macular degeneration, stuff like that. You know, and it's all a purpose uh, to, to help me, to help us, right? A, a supplement, though, is not, it's not everything, right? A, a supplement is something that completes or enhances something else when added to it, all right? God has already given us all kind of great things as he created us. I mean, if you, if you study how the Bible, or the Bible, yeah, well, that's good too. But if you study how the body works, uh, it's just amazing. 
I mean, I often think about God's grace to us in the fact that even though he created us initially perfectly in the garden, uh, he also, in his foresight, set it up so that we have antibodies and things to take care of the junk that comes as a result of our fallenness. And, and it's amazing how, I mean, even though we will eventually die, it's amazing how strong the body is and how resistant it can be to a lot of things. Um, we don't even know some of the things that go through us that uh, the body takes care of. But, uh, but so we have all those things already given to us, but, you know, there's still wisdom, isn't there, in taking care of ourselves and, and adding some things that can be helpful. And so that's what supplements are. I mean, supplements aren't just about taking vitamins. I mean, you can supplement your income, right, uh, by taking an extra job or, or, or doing something. Maybe you set up some kind of a special, uh, you know, business online, you know, that helps you have more money so that you can take care of your family's needs. It's not your main job, right, but, but it's a supplemental thing that, that, that makes the rest of life a little easier and uh, of course, uh, that can be true in a lot of areas of supplementing uh, what's there. It's not the main thing, all right, but it certainly helps the main thing. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, supplements. Uh, Peter has told us what the main thing is, as we began in this letter last week, and the main thing is really the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ, that, that through Christ we have all that we need, right? Remember we read that last week, uh, that's an amazing passage. That, that all that we need to grow in godliness has been provided for us in Christ. And, and through faith in Him and by the power of His Spirit in our lives and, and us being in His Word and taking advantage of all the things that God has given us so that we can know Him, we can live a godly life. I mean, there's never going to be a day where you can say to God, I, I just couldn't do it. Well, you couldn't on your own. I mean, what are we just saying, right? Lord, I need you, right? But in Him, we have all that we need. All right. Uh, but it's kind of interesting, after Peter tells us the main thing about all that we have and God has given us and we don't, we don't need, uh, I mean, we have all that we need to live, he, he goes on to tell us what is our part in all of this. All right. What are we to do? And it's not what are we to do like, oh my goodness, what are we to do? No, it's what we are are to do. Okay, this has been assigned as our part in the process. Now, now get it straight here, and I know you already do, but I want to re remind us that our relationship with God is not based on anything we do, all right? It's, it's all based on what He has done for us, and, and we talked very extensively about that last week, um, and Peter makes that very clear, you know, even the faith that we have to believe and to be entering into the relationship with God is really God-given and God-directed. No one comes to the Father, Jesus said, unless he draws him to himself. So, I mean, we really, even though we're participating, even though we're believing, even though we're active in the process, it's still all from God. And we give him the glory, right? And we thank him for what he's done because we know in ourselves we're lost. And so he's brought us to himself. But it's not like, okay, I got it now. Huh. Now, sometimes we kind of maybe see that happen in some Christians. Well, that's not what it's to be. And Peter is saying to the believers, to us, as he writes here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
that, uh, hey, we need some supplements. <laughs> There's some things that we are to do, and, and, and we're going to talk about that today. So, so I'm going to go through this whole passage, and, um, but I'm going to take a section at a time. Um, in these 11 verses, as Peter addresses uh, these issues that I just kind of briefly gave summary of. So let's read the first section. I'm going to be in verses 5 to 7 first, okay? So 1 Peter, or excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1. I'll get that backwards. Chapter 1, starting at verse 5, reading through verse 7. In view of all this, in view of all the things that we, he's, we studied last week, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Quite a list. Um, we probably could, uh, we're not going to do this, by the way, but we probably could take a pause and spend seven weeks, right, on each of these characteristics. We're not going to do it. Are you going to give you all, I mean, Hey, if you're going to take supplements, take them all, right? You know, let's, let's get it going here. All right. I mean, and, and it's a list that uh, is not uh, certainly, I don't think it's exclusive, uh, but I think it certainly carries with it the, the major things that we need to supplement. It's kind of in line, as I thought about it, with uh, what Paul writes in Galatians as the fruit of the Spirit, okay? So again, even though these are supplements that we're told that we're to do, we're, we're, to, we're to work hard, we're to make every effort to respond to God's promises and, and to, to do this, to supplement our faith with this generous provision of these things. Uh, it's still the work of the Holy Spirit. We're cooperating with God as we do these things. Now, now I have these supplements here, but I, I happen to have each one that uh, Peter speaks about. You know, you know if you, I'll be able to sell these later. You know, this will supplement my income, right? Okay, no, all right. No, 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 okay. All right, so the, the first one he mentions, of course, um, and, and by the way, just a, a quick word on the first sentence in this section. And in view of this, right, in, in, in light of the fact that God has given us all these things to know him, we are to make every effort. And you're going to see in these, this section and in several passages here, there's a strong emphasis on working hard. Making every effort, working hard. Uh, it's hard work to stay connected to what God has for us. I mean, we have the power, <laughs> we have the ability because he gives it, but it's still hard work. Anybody know that it's hard work to continue in your faith and to keep growing and to be all that God wants you to be? I mean, anybody finding it easy and not a, you know, just kind of a breeze, okay, okay? Uh, Maybe you thought it was going to be that way when you accepted the Lord. Um, I think that's often a, a wake-up call for many of us when we first become Christians. I mean, why am I still wrestling with this stuff? Right? Why, why do I still have a struggle here? Why, why, why do I have to work at this? I, I thought, Jesus, you took care of it all. Well, he did. But God's in the process of purifying us, of sanctifying us, of, of helping us to become all that he knows we can be. And, and that takes hard work. Coming up to the uh, Summer Olympics. I'm excited about Olympics. I love Olympics. I like to watch them, you know. Uh, and I always am impressed with the Olympic athletes of the amount of dedication 
that they have for their particular area. I mean, it's not like they get up two weeks before the Olympics and say, I think I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, I, I know I have talent. I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, right? I mean, there are people now who are preparing for two Olympics from now. I mean, you know, they're younger, they're still kind of developing their talent. I mean, it's a long time process. And I'll tell you, they work hard. Right? I mean, they get up early in the morning. I mean, some of them are in school still, you know, and they have to do their, I mean, they're not even in their school. They're at their places of practice, and they have schooling right there built in. I mean, all kind of things, very intense. Well, just a great example of what it really takes to be all that we can be. And so as a believer, uh, we're encouraged here over and over again, make every effort, work hard to respond to what? To God's promises. We already have the promise. We already have the, uh, the Word of God here to get us where we need to go. And so supplement your faith with, you know, not just a little bit, right, but a generous portion or generous provision, uh, you know, Again, there's the word, right? Provision. God gives it. Take what he gives and put it to work, right? Be involved in it. Be intentional. Uh, don't kind of slough off here and say, well, I'm okay. You know, I mean, I know God loves me and he forgives me and everybody else will sort of too maybe. And if they don't, that's okay. But, you know, I'm just going to kind of be who I am. Well, no, that's not, that's not, the, that's not the, uh, the goal of our lives as believers. That's really an embarrassment to God. It kind of says, well, the Lord, the Lord doesn't care. You know, he, really, he, he does care. He wants us to be all we can be. So, um, and that's why he saved us for his glory. So we're to supplement our faith with uh, several things, seven things here. And I have here moral excellence right here. Okay. Right in this very bottle. Wow. You always wondered how you get that, right? Okay. Well, we know it's not from that. But I'll set it right here. Moral excellence. It's interesting that's the first one. And, and I think we'll find as Peter writes this letter that the reason he starts with moral excellence, and I mentioned this last week, is because there's false teaching going on. And the false teaching basically is the separation of the spiritual from the physical. And basically the Gnostics, those false teachers, are saying, yeah, you have knowledge of God, you, you have this spiritual relationship with God, but it, has, it can't really have anything to do with the fleshly life, with, with, with our human experience here, because we're down here in this fallen world, and, and now we have this relationship with God, and to put those two together really wouldn't work. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Because if we're to be transformed by the Spirit, it's to be worked out in our lives today. And so they were kind of living however they wanted in the physical realm, but yet saying they were okay in the spiritual realm. So what does Peter start with in this list? Moral excellence. Why? Because what, I mean, even the pagans look and know what morality is. I mean, in the world we live in today, people that have nothing to do with God still desire people to be moral in their choices and ethical right? We want people to treat us right. They want people to do the right things, even though they might live crazy. I mean, you know, that's what we desire. The world knows that there's, there's a, a need for people to do better than just kind of live out how they are in their wickedness. <laughs> Nobody really wants wickedness to prevail. 
even though we kind of live in a world of wickedness. Um, but as a believer, we have the capacity to move beyond the things that would pull us down and cause us to remain in a wicked state. All right? We have been delivered from the power of the devil. We have been delivered from the power of our sin. We're no longer, Paul says, slaves to sin. All right? We've been set free. Why? Because Jesus won the victory on the cross, paying for all of our sin, and through the resurrection of proving the power of God, did it. All right? It's complete. All right? So we are in that state, but we might not always be living like we're in that state. So we need some supplement. All right? we got to supplement the faith we have with a determination for moral excellence. So that means we have decisions to make. We have the decisions to make the efforts to do this, to live this way. Um, it's interesting um, that in this idea of moral excellence, um, it's the same word that is used in verse 3 of 2 Peter 1, where he talks about Jesus' excellence. Right? So what's the standard? <laughs> you get it? What's the standard for moral excellence? It's Jesus, right? Anybody live like Jesus in history ever? No. I mean, he is the perfect one. Right? And, and again, even those who would not believe would still say that Jesus was really a, a great person. He did wonderful things. Um, and he certainly did. You know, he went around, what's the Bible say? Doing good. Right? He was the example of what everyone would desire a person really to be. As far as the way they love, the way they care, the way they, they uh, are compassionate. I mean, all the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all right? All of those things. What? They're fully in Christ. We see it in Jesus. That's what draws us to Him, right? We know, we know that nobody else offers that to the level He does. The great news is, as we read here in Peter, that, that those qualities and characteristics, that excellence is something that we can pursue. That, that we have the ability to pursue that. But you have to pursue it for it really to become reality in your life. And, and by the way, until we're glorified and fully like Christ, when we leave this life and enjoy the eternal benefits that God provides for those of faith, we're not going to have it all together. All right, so don't you know, as you pursue moral excellence, as you pursue these things, you're going to trip sometimes, right? We do a lot of tripping. The big deal is to keep getting up. The big deal is to remember that this doesn't change the fact that we have what we need and we can get up and get going again. All right, so what do you need to do to pursue moral excellence? Well, I think uh, it's... It's really doing, it's living life differently than what's easy, right? It's, it's living life differently than from what the world says are the standards. It, it's really not just giving in to what we see around us, but being determined to do it 
God's way. Some practical things I would say about that. Um, In a society where immoral activity and often immorality is tied to uh, sexual passions, obviously, in our world, Um, you know, uh, undue gain and, and, uh, you know, immorality being in unethical ways. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're in the tax season, you know. Are you honest <laughs> in the way you deal with your finances and, and how you handle others in business particularly? I mean, is there, is there ethic, ethics and morality in business? I mean, are you living that out? Um, it's being faithful to your spouse. It's waiting for marriage for a sexual relationship. It's, it's being active and above board in all of your dealings. And it's being a person that can be trusted, uh, that is true to their word, who word can be counted on. Um, yeah, so uh, pursue those things with the assurance that God's Spirit will give you what you need to do it. The second thing is uh, we're to supplement that with knowledge. Um, now, some say that this list is kind of a stair step. Um, in some ways, that's true. I mean, one complements the other, but it's not like, okay, you do the moral excellence, and then when you get that done, then you move on to, no, 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 no. Now, you got to take, I mean, it's like I take all these supplements every day, right? I, I got to get doing it all. At, okay, so it's not like a stair step, one follows the other in that regard, but, but they do build upon each other, okay? And so he does, he doesn't ignore what the Gnostics are talking about. He does say that knowledge is important, all right? Because we need to supplement, where is my knowledge? Okay, there's my knowledge, all right there, all right. We supplement our faith with moral excellence, and our moral excellence with knowledge, because you have to know what's true in order to live what's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and Paul clearly says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we are to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think, right? The renewing of your mind, some translations give it that way. Um, We must know in order to act appropriately. And and how do we know what's true? How do you get the right knowledge? Not in this bottle, okay? The Word of God. And the Spirit of God teaching us the Word of God. Our hearts open to God. I mean, starting the ladies' Bible study this week, we've been doing that regularly. Um, there's a men's group on Monday night, small groups getting together. Uh, it's not just coming together Sunday morning and hearing the Word of God preached, although I'm glad you've done it, all right? But, but it's also an impersonal study on a daily basis, right? Reading the Word, allowing the Word to change us, letting the Spirit of God use it to impact us. The right knowledge, okay? The right knowledge. And we check knowledge by the Word of God, too. We we may determine if it's true by if it lines up with what God has already said. So we need to uh, supplement. If if you don't supplement your faith with these things, if you don't supplement the faith, and I know we've got five more to go here, but if you don't supplement your faith with with these things, your your faith kind of shrivels up. Not on the right track, and uh, maybe you've experienced that. I, I I have at times where I've not really been supplementing, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm not been in the Word as much as I need to be, you know, or or I'm not I'm not really considering 
the things that I'm taking into my life and watching or listening to, the impact that it has on me, and, and I not, maybe I'm not so much concerned about the moral excellence as I need to be. Those kind of things. All right, well, what's the, uh, what's the third one here? We're going to kind of move it along. I know we're going quick, but that's all right. Consider these things. Think about them. Pray about them. We're going to talk about it more. All right, and the third one, he says, is that we're then to supplement our knowledge, all right, with self-control. Oh. You know, when I was in, uh, I know you're going to have a hard time believing this, but when I was in uh, elementary school, uh, we had not only grades that we received, but we received checks on behavior, all right? And, and uh, self-control was one of the areas where we received checks. And would you believe that almost every report card, I got a red check on self-control? Can you believe that? My parents were not very excited about that. They, they didn't think it was a great idea. You know, little Glennie here, you know, who can't control himself, you know. I tried to tell them it was their fault, but they didn't like that either, so. But I got to tell you the rest of the story. Now, I, hey, I'm like you. We're all the same in some ways, and we all wrestle with self-control. I mean, we see something that <laughs> violates our values and our thoughts, and man, <laughs> stuff raises up, and, and it, you know, we're, we're tempted to react instead of respond. I mean, that's just kind of what happens. We got to keep working on it. That's why it's in this list. All right. On the other hand, I will say this, that uh, in seventh grade, between seventh and eighth grade, um, I went to, that's the year I got saved. That's the summer I got saved. All right. Now, <laughs> I've been still supplementing a lot over the years. Okay. That's a long time ago. And I know I have a lot of growth still to do. But I do know this, that God did something in my life. All right. And by eighth grade, we had an eighth grade graduation. Okay. We went first or kindergarten through eighth grade, and then we moved on to high school back in those days, back, you know, in, when the earth's crust was still cooling. Some of you might remember that. Okay, but, but anyway, uh, in eighth grade, we had a graduation, and at graduation, I was presented with the citizenship award, the top citizen in my class, that kid that couldn't control himself. All I can say is praise the Lord. I mean, you know, I wasn't the perfect guy. But apparently there were some changes going on, and, uh, and uh, hopefully there still are, right? But, you know, we need to add self-control as a supplement. What is self-control? It's controlling yourself, <laughs> right? You know, if we say, I just can't help myself, well, you're somewhat true in that, but not completely, because you can. You know, I, I, I um, think about it this way. You're having a very heated conversation with someone at your home, and the telephone rings. Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you vibrates in your pocket. I don't know. But anyway, you, 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 and maybe you just text instead. But I, let's say you answer, all right, and, and you put the phone up to your ear, and you don't go, I'm having an argument. I don't want to talk to you. No, you go, hello. That's self-control. Right? You didn't, you didn't continue in the craziness you were in. <laughs> All right. You can do it. All right. That's the idea here. You can do it. And, and, but we need to be mindful of it. I think that's why it follows knowledge. Right? I mean, I said they weren't necessarily in order, but they all fit together. Okay. 
So if we're going to live a morally excellent life, we need to have knowledge of what's right, and then we need to have self-control to live it. All right. It's up to you to do that. All right. Now, certainly, I think we're influenced by past experiences and how our family dealt with conflict and all that kind of stuff. We've talked about that before. And we have responsibility, I believe, to begin to ask ourselves, why am I responding this way? And ask God to help us work it out, right? Not just saying that's just the way I am. Okay. That's self-control too, isn't it? (laughs) That's kind of making self-determination that I'm going to work on this thing. Yeah, I'm going to get some help, you know. We don't do that very often, by the way, ask for help. Um, At least I don't think we do. I know I don't a lot of times. But I know when I have, guess what? It's helped. (laughs) Sometimes self-control is asking somebody else to help me with myself. Yeah. And that's how the Lord works many times, too. And uh, I know that, um, like the small groups, um, the men's group, women's group, you know, some of the things that happen there is as smaller, smaller groups within the small groups get together as people love each other and, and pray. And the accountability that takes place there is a very big thing that God uses in helping us with self-control. We need that. Yeah. All right. What are we going to add to that? You say, Pastor, that's three biggies. We still got four more. Oh, my goodness. All right. We're going to add to our self-control <laughs> patient endurance. Wow. How you doing on your patience? You know, I always remember when I was an early, a young Christian, people said, don't pray for patience. Because the Bible says, you know what, that it's uh, suffering <laughs> that helps you with developing patience. So if you pray for patience, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Well, you're going to have a lot of trouble anyway. All right. Uh, it is okay to pray for patience because the Lord will work it out. But it does, it does come through hard work. It does come through difficulties. Um, but patient endurance, don't, don't we want it? Yeah. We don't really like ourselves when we get, we get impatient. At the end of the day, you know, if you kind of blow up and you're not patient, you don't get finished and say, well, I'm glad I did it that way. Not if you're a true Christian. Because the Spirit of God is going to say, Woo, what happened there? <laughs> not good. Better work on that. Yeah. And... Uh, and so we need to work at it. Um, and again, I think other people in the church sometimes help us with this. But, you know, Lord, I, I think it's, it's really saying, help me, Lord, to just be patient. And, and you know, when you, are, when, you, when you are in living in self-control, when, when you don't allow yourself to just blow up or, or express every thought that went through your head, um, you know, you have to live with stuff. You have to live with stuff that you don't like, right? That, that's why you wanted to react, because you don't like it, all right? But, but then when you don't react and you just are controlling yourself, that, that stuff's still going on. People still haven't changed. You know, you didn't, <laughs> they didn't suddenly say, oh, well, since you've been so nice and self-controlled that I'm going to be different like you want me to be. No, nah. there's still going to be lots of aggravation. And we need the Lord to help us to endure. Not just a quick shot. Yeah, long suffering is one of the old verb words that we uh, have read in other translations. But again, fruit of the spirit. Again, we need the Lord to help us. Patient endurance. Don't react and act upon our passion, but endure that which could pull us in the wrong di- wrong direction. 
And the Lord will give us and teach us patience in order to endure. And, and to endure, we certainly, in all these things, we need to pray and seek Him. All right, so we're to supplement this. It kind of makes sense, so now we go into this thing too. We've got patient endurance, and we're moving to godliness. Now, this is where it all kind of started, right? Because when we go back earlier in the passages that we looked at last week, that it says, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need in verse 3, as He says this, for living a godly life. Godliness is being like God. <laughs> Godliness is, is showing that we're his child. I don't know about you at your home, but uh, I know my parents were very concerned that I represented the family name right. That's why they weren't real happy about the red check. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've heard people say to their children when they leave, remember... When you leave here, it's not just about you. You represent us too. Yeah. Well, isn't that how we should think as the children of God? Remember, when you leave this place where we all look so holy and we're worshiping God, you know, and then we go out there, remember who you represent. And he will enable you to represent him right if you have that mindset. My daughter used to work at a restaurant as a uh, hostess, and she worked Sundays a lot of the time, and she would come home and say, Dad, you know those people that were in church? I can tell you, they didn't act like that when they were at the restaurant. Kind of sad, but true. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. And make every effort and work hard to live like your Father wants you to. Yeah, godly living. And, and then, supplement this. We've got three, what we got, three more here? No, two more. Supplement this with brotherly affection. This is the Philadelphia word. <laughs> we don't mean the brotherly shove either, right? Okay, we already talked about that. That didn't work at the end there, did it? Okay. Um, <laughs> Haven't heard me say much about the Eagles lately. They really, they they really stunk at the end there. But yeah, <laughs> anyhow, I still love them though. Brotherly affection, right? Okay, <laughs> brother, brotherly affection. Philadelphia. It's not the agape word, which we're going to get to the the love which is only from God, unconditional. But it's really the word that means get along with each other. Uh, really enjoy each other. And I think the brotherly part's kind of interesting. Um, just watching my grandsons the other day, uh, two brothers pretty close in age, um, and not having any brothers or sisters. I'm like, this is always new world for me in some ways, you know, to watch kids grow up together. But uh, they, they really do love each other, but they also are kind of tough on each other. Um, and, and so we all have to grow in that. I mean, I think we don't, we don't want to have the idea in the church family that it's always going to be, oh, just mushy, mushy. There's going to be a lot of edgy, edgy here and there too. But brotherly affection means that we really act like siblings in the sense that we are committed to each other. You can't get away from the blood. The blood connects you. 
And that's why I think there's so much pain when siblings don't get along. Because down in our heart, we all know that we should and we want to. <laughs> we, we want, I mean, one of the, I've mentioned this before, one of the things that we enjoy is watching our kids uh, who not always got along, <laughs> uh, when they get together now as adults, they seem to enjoy each other. That's a blessing. I've seen a lot of families where that's not the case. Uh, and it hurts, doesn't it? Because it's not the way it's meant to be. In the believer's body and, and us together as Christians, we are brothers and sisters. God is our Father. We have been made part of the family through Jesus, the Son. We are heirs of Christ. All right, We're children of God, just like Jesus is the Son of God. We're in that connection that's amazing and perfect. And, and in that, we have a responsibility, too, to reach out and love and care for others that are in the family. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I know here there's been a lot of that going on, and I love it. When I see people reaching out on the phone or sending a card, um, when somebody's having a hard time getting meals for them, doing all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it's living it out. Again, make every effort. <laughs> Not just sit back and say, yeah, I love everybody. I've had people tell me in the church that they love me, and then they're stabbing me at the same time. You know, and that's not, that's not good. I mean, word, the word of I love you isn't the same as the evidence that I love you. Right? We know that. Brotherly affection. Work at it. Work at it. All right, and then the final one. And we got some more message after this. Man, you guys are going to be here all day today. All right. The <laughs> you say, no, Pastor, I already left. All right. <laughs> The final supplement is love, okay? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 that the greatest of all is love. So even though this is the end of the list, that does not mean it's at the end of the list. It means, it's, again, all of these are important to take every day, to keep in our minds, okay? So love, all right? And love is agape. Again, agape is divine love. It's unconditional. Uh, no matter what's happened, uh, we love. And we can't do it on our own, just like the rest of them. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind, right? doesn't demand its own way. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, right? Read it and say, ouch. I was just reading it this week. I said, ouch. Man, there's a lot, of, a lot of lack in this guy between what you're saying, God, and what that really is. Lord, help me. Help me supplement so I'm, I'm growing to be like you. Okay, not just about in your marriage, which that's an important place for it too, but certainly in all of our relationships. All right, God bless you. All right, now, <laughs> all right, the next section gives us commentary. <laughs> Excuse me. The next, the next section gives commentary on the positive results of our growth in Christ. So let's look at verses 8 and 9. He says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Huh. Notice that the key element here uh, that ensures that we live a vital and effective godly life is to remember that we've been forgiven. Wow. 
that we've been cleansed from our old sins. If we are living a life of constant doubt and fear in this area or don't care, our growth in Christ will be hampered. But believing and knowing by faith that our sins are completely covered leads to growth, leads to productivity, leads to usefulness in God's kingdom. You know, I've experienced times in my life where I have had some deep doubt in this area. And I can tell you, it really paralyzed me in effectiveness, in ministry, in a, in a sense of, of well-being with God, certainly. And it's interesting, we mentioned the uh, mental health uh, uh, workshop at, at, um, at the uh, church over there in Mechanicsburg coming up, daybreak. And, and I just say, I know that that was a key part for me, coming to reality sometimes of some mental health challenges, and we need help in those areas. Uh, it does impact our spiritual lives. So it all kind of goes together. Um, but I, I thank God he was at work, and I, I didn't desire to stay there. I wanted to come out of that type of thing. And, and, uh, and, and so he brought me to a place of, of deeper understanding of how wonderful his grace is and the reality of forgiveness, not based on anything but my faith in what he's done. And, and that's so important. And so I know that even though I went through those dark times, I kept reading the Word, I kept praying, probably in greater ways than I ever had, uh, desiring to know Jesus more. And that's the key dynamic to lead us in growth. It says here that if we give up or become complacent, we're short-sighted or blind. Um, interesting, the, the meaning of these words if in the original. Um, short-sighted... Um, is, is the idea, of course, that you're only kind of living in the moment. And you're not realizing that what you're doing and how you're living has an impact greatly into the future. All right? Uh, we kind of work that with our kids, right? Remember, how you, what you do now and the things that you do now will make a difference in what happens later. You know, get an education, right? Work hard in your studies. You can't go back and say, oh, you know, I messed up on that subject and now I'm just going to do great. Well, no, you, you need to work at it all the time because it does, it, it grows on each other. All these things are important. Well, it's true of all of us. We can't just take it lightly. We, we're heading to heaven. We're preparing for it. It's going to be amazing and glorious. But, but what we do now does have to impact, and we could get into that in another time, but but certainly there are passages in Paul's teaching that talk about the fact that there's rewards, that there's levels of, of, of celebration, uh, how we live now. I mean, do we want what we are doing to just burn up or do we want it to be gold and, and rich? Uh, it's not just about now. Don't be short-sighted. Be remembering that we're on a path to something greater and to be living in light of that right now. And, and the word that's for blind here is not that you, you just can't see. It's interesting. The word really kind of means blink. It means that you close your eyes. It means that it's a determination. It's actually a willful decision to close your eyes to what is true. Kind of fits all he's teaching, doesn't it? We have responsibility. Work hard. Keep your eyes open. Remember where we're going. And it's all related to the fact that what God's done for us and our sins are forgiven and we can do what he calls us to do because of what he's done in us. Growing in Christ is hard work. 
and he, encourage, he continues the encouragement for us to work hard as we get into verse 10 and 11. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are in a constant battle. The battle has been won by Jesus, but we're still in a world that we battle with until we get to be with him. The Bible says there's three things we battle, right? The world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The world around us, the culture. <laughs> Certainly not, the culture is not good in helping us become more godly. <laughs> it's a battle, right? And how about your own flesh? Yeah, don't you battle with your own flesh? I mean, thoughts that come in your mind, things that uh, you think you should say and you shouldn't say. And, I mean, you know, all the stuff. It's very real. And I can tell you that it doesn't go away. I mean, I accepted Christ in 1966. All right. I still am in a battle with the world, with my own flesh, and with the devil. There is a spiritual battle that's going on all the time. I can't even see it. That's what makes it hard to fight when it comes to the devil in the spiritual world. But it's still a battle, and I need to be aware of it. So Peter says, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. If you're going to say that you're a Christian, you better be showing it. Don't want somebody at your work saying, when they meet me, they go to your church? You really know how they are? Whoa. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's the more than just having a good reputation. It's, it's that God wants to use our lives to show off what it means to be His. Why? So that others will become His too. There's a lot of people that we talk to who say, I don't want to be a Christian because I've been around people who say they are. And, and that's a scary thing. We don't want to be one of them. We want to be those that God says he uses to bring the good aroma of the gospel that people will want it. Yeah. So make it your aim. Make it your aim to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. I mean, it's not that's going to prove it just because you determine it. You're already called and chosen. But make sure you're living it out. Hard work, but it has many benefits. <laughs> Do these things and you will never fall away. You don't have to worry about your relationship with God. You won't be in a spot where you begin to wonder because you haven't been continuing on in your faith, right? You'll, you'll be secured. You know, keep at it. Don't give up. God is working in you 
It will keep you from falling away. And we also have the hope of God's welcome to us into heaven. He will give you a grand entrance into his eternal kingdom. As Jesus said, we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together, he said to his disciples. This truth gives us hope and encouragement as we make every effort and work hard. All right, we're going to conclude. We're going to get there. Okay, I know it's a lot here, but let's get to the last part here as we look at uh, verses um, 12 to 15. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. Wow. Peter says, I am committed to keep reminding you. He says it, what, three or four times in that one section. He says, uh, my time's getting short here on earth. Um, We know that this was the last thing he wrote that we have record of as far as uh, this content in the scriptures. And uh, tradition says that he was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be like his Lord. He was He realized Jesus was the ultimate, and he was not trying to show that in his own life. But uh, under Nero's persecution. But he says, hey, I'm determined to keep reminding you. And I want to tell you, as I read that this week, I thought, Lord, that's my job. But it's not just mine, it's all of ours. (laughs) Let's keep reminding each other. But, But as a teacher of the Word of God, as a preacher of the Word of God, I'm not trying to tell you something new every week. It might be new to you because maybe you haven't read that before, but it's not new in the sense that it's something different than what the Scripture has had all along. If I do that, call me on it. Right? Paul says even if an angel comes and tells you a different gospel, you don't listen to it. All right. But why do we need to be reminded Somebody said, yeah, I get the Holy Spirit when I believe in Jesus. Why do I keep needing to ask to be filled in the Spirit? Because we leak. (laughs) We leak. Yeah. We got to keep being reminded. Oh, Pastor, I've heard that before. Okay, don't go there. Okay, if you hear something you've heard before, and I have to wrestle with this too, I need to say, okay, Lord, what do you got for me today in this? All right i got to remember these things. These are the basics. Stay with it, all right? Keep at it. Keep remembering that your faith in Christ is your hope and that in him you have the strength you need. Keep adding to your faith these things that he said to do. And we'll just keep talking about it. Like I said, it's very much in line with other lists. Why? Because we need to keep hearing the same thing. It's the key to our faith. It's the key to our success in Christ. 
It's the key to the kingdom of God. It's the key to all that will come together someday when we're welcomed in by God into his very presence. Peter was reminding them as he talked to them, but he also was reminding them as he wrote to them. And God reminds us on and on through his word as we live out this life. And you know, it's a good word for all of us as we get older to take responsibility, to pass on the essentials of our faith. It's hard work to teach others and remind others. Sometimes I think when we are in a teaching ministry or we, we are helping work with the children or we're working with whoever God calls us to, we might want to give up sometimes and say, well, they just aren't getting it. Peter says, I'm committed to this. Are you? Are you committed to keep reminding others around you of what's important so that they will not go to hell without Jesus. They will not fail in their Christian walk. They will give glory to God. Don't give up. We're to be like Peter. Make the most of our time on earth by working hard to make sure others always remember the truth of God's Word and how to grow in Him. All right, so let's review, okay? What are we to do? We first are to make every effort to respond to God's promises by supplementing our faith with all of those things, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, and love for everyone. Quite a list. Secondly, we are to not forget that we have been cleansed of our old sins. Third, we are to work hard to prove that we belong to God. And fourth, we are to work hard to remind others of how to live a godly life. Let's pray. We thank you, our loving and gracious Father, for giving us everything we need for living a godly life. Help us to make every effort to respond to your promises by supplementing our faith with more excellence, knowledge, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, love for everyone. Help us to not forget that we are cleansed for our old sins. Help us to work hard to be a testimony to others of your transforming grace in our lives. And may we be used of you to help others remember how to live a godly life. Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with us as we worship again.
religion, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again, and again, and again, and again. Son for redemption, the price for my heart. I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend. All I know is I need you. I run to the Father, fall into grace. soul needs a friend so I run to the Father again and again and again and again oh 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 again and again oh 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 my heart has been in your sight Amen. I'm going to ask you to be seated. I have the privilege today to welcome two new folks, uh, two folks, not new folks, two folks to membership here at the church. So I'm going to ask that uh, Linda Stamey and Al Flick come on up with me here. Many of you know them from many years of attending here, but uh, we've kept reminding them, reminding them, right, that uh, it's good to become a member. And so Al uh, was baptized last uh, October. A year ago, October, that's right. You said your buddies were right over here. I know, yeah, yeah Greg, that's right. And uh, so we got that all covered, and uh, they did all the stuff, you know, that we call everybody to have to do to become a member. You know, it's, we're kind of rough in that area, I guess. Maybe not too bad. Nah. All right, take, 
the Community 101 course, all right, and then um, read a particular book on being a member of a church, and then also, um, certainly the most important part is confessing your faith in Jesus Christ, that you know Him and that He's called you to be His own, and then to be interviewed by our elders, and then recommended before the congregation to be members. So you've done all of those things, so thank goodness. Uh, they're both retired. Uh, Linda helps out with the cubbies. I know you helped my wife uh, in there with the little ones on Awana night, so that's a lot of fun. So thank you for all your service there, too. Um, just a couple of words here about membership. Membership uh, is not really, that term is not used in the Scriptures, but certainly commitment to a local body of believers is clearly strongly encouraged. And so membership basically is making that step of commitment publicly uh, to be saying, God has led me here. I believe he wants me to be a part of serving him together in this community. And, and so they're coming with that. It's not, a, it's not a, uh, an element that has anything to do with salvation. It, it doesn't put us in a better place. I mean, our, our growth in Christ, we didn't member mem mention membership as a supplement. But we did mention the whole idea of really growing together. And that's what you're saying as you become a member. I'm, I'm here, I'm growing in the Lord together. So we're thankful for that. So they come to declare their desire to be members and to be officially welcomed here. And um, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. You've already been asked, but I'm going to do it publicly, okay? So Linda and Al, have you received Jesus as your Savior, and are you committed to follow Him daily? Do you commit yourselves to serve the Lord here at Community Christian Fellowship? Do you agree to support this local body through attendance, personal and spiritual service, and financial support? Members of Community Christian Fellowship, do you receive Linda and Al as fellow members and commit yourselves to love them, work with them, and guide them to walk faithfully with Jesus? If so, would you say we do? All right. So we welcome you, Linda and Al, as members, and so I'd like to pray for you. Dear Gracious Father, I thank you that Linda and Al have come into your family through faith in Jesus. and They're trusting in him day by day for eternal and abundant life. And I thank you that you have brought them here to Community Christian Fellowship. And uh, they've been a part of this group, but uh, committing today to uh, be members here. So help them, Lord, to grow in their knowledge of Christ, in unity with each other, service to others in your name, and to full maturity and faith. Help us, Lord, all together to love each other, to work together for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as we welcome them with applause, I ask the elders to come on up and greet them too. All right. And as we dismiss, uh, uh, feel free to come up and say hello and say welcome to them. Okay, let's, uh, let's pray together as we close. Father, uh, we've been reminded today by Peter to, uh, to stay true, to, to supplement our faith with things that really matter, so that we might not fall away, that we might grow, that we might be your people in the world that so desperately needs you. So Lord, help us, uh, keep this in our minds, uh, may we be reminded and be reminders to each other as well of the things that matter. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. I forgot to announce earlier, this Friday, this Friday at 8 o'clock at Faye's Restaurant is our men's breakfast, okay? So uh, 
Bring cash. All right. Unstoppable, all things are possible. 